Okay, Boker Tov. Today's daf is daf Mem Zion in Yuma. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Today's daf is daf Mem Zion in Yuma. Again, we learned for a fourth line for Yosef Asriel Ben Chaim Michal, who was injured in the Miron stampede. <clears throat> Says the mission from the top of the page, the new parak. Fifth parak. So we return to the avoda of the Kohen Gadol and Yom Kippur. They bring him a ladle. From the from the lishkas uh, Rashi says from the chamber where they kept the vessels, they brought him a ladle, vesamachta, and the pan. Now, which pan are we speaking about? We already spoke about a pan uh, where he took the coals off. He took the hot coals. Remember, they poured from one to another on Yom Kippur. They didn't pour from one to another. He just took the gold pan and he set it on the fourth row outside of the azara on the ground. So, which pan are we speaking about? Here, we're talking about a different pan. A pan that's, as we'll see, full of incense from the base of Tinas. So he took a ladle in a pan, chafan melo chafnav, and then he dug in, he put his hands in, took two, two handfuls from the pan of, uh, of ktoras, of uh, incense. He took a, a, two handfuls together from that pan, but also put it into the ladle. So now that was that that was really the end of the process of that pan of incense. They took a big pan of incense from the base of Tinas, and he took a ladle and uh, and he and he took his two hands and stuck his hands in Melochafnov and put that into the ladle. Now everybody's hands are different, different koanim dolim. Everybody's got a different size, different size glove, different size hands. So he says they, he took he took Malochafnev again two handfuls two handfuls together two hands together from the pan of of Ktoris, put him into the ladle and I got however however big that amount was it wasn't a fixed amount of of kavim or measures or amount of uh, cubic centimeters of um, of incense it all depends according to the coin Godel's hands. That was its measure. We'll see what the Gemara is going to deal with. What do you mean that was its measure? What was that used for? What does that mean? What is that telling us? Not clear. Now he takes the machta from the Pashib Shad. You would say, well, he takes the pan that we talked about in the first line. No, no, it's a different pan. The pan on the first line was the pan of incense, right? That they took from Beis of Tinas, and he took, took handfuls in there, put them into the ladle. Now, he has the pan, uh, he has the ladle of uh, the, it's like a big cup, like a shovel of, um, of Ktoras. And then he went back and he took the machta, the pan, the coal pan, the pan that he has, the three kav of coals in his right hand. He picked that up from that fourth row where he put it on the ground. He had that in his right hand and he took the kaf, the ladle with the incense in it in his left hand. So now he's proceeding, he's proceeding into the heichal towards the kodesh karashim with a coal pan in his right hand and an incense ladle in his left hand. And if you're following in the illustration book, which is Kedai to look at today, we're looking at number, uh, number 91 and 92. Uh, not, it's sort of reversed. Well, he took them both, right? He took them both, right? Yeah, yeah. 91, it shows how he, uh, they brought him out the, um, the pan of incense from the base of Tinas up the stairs there, and he took the coffin, he took the two handfuls and put them into the ladle, and in 92, it shows him holding in his right hand the uh, coal pan with the coals in it, the hot coals, and in his left hand, he's got the incense, okay? And in 93, it shows you 
uh, well, it, it, this is Gemara, it's going to be later on, but it's basically, it's the same idea, that's the base of Tinas upstairs there, and he held the Mach the Gdush Shoktoros, that's what Gemara's going to say now. Mach the the Gemara says right away, are we speaking about the same pan? I already explained to you that it's two different pans, but Mach the Hatanalei Natalas HaMach the Valor HaShemazbeach Bechos Viyori, what do you mean? He says the machta that we talked about before already he already filled that up with uh, with coals and put them uh, and put them uh, down on the fourth row. So Zingmaris is like I said, machta. There we were talking about the coal pan which we learned originally. The pan the pan that had the coals in it. That he had taken the hot coals and put them down on the ground fourth row out of the azar. Here the first line of the Mishnah is speaking about the machta as Ektaris the Tanya Otsilo. They they brought him out a kaf reikon. They brought him out a esakaf reikon. They brought him out the, the empty uh, ladle milishka sakelim umach the kedusha and a heaped up pan of shaltoros of incense milishka sveis aftinas. And that's what they brought him out. So that's what the that's what ninety three is. They brought out the uh, doesn't really show anything there except that it's the base of tinas. Is saying that from the base of tinas they brought him that um, heaped up pan, which we see. In, back in 91, the heaped up pan, and he took a handful out of there and put it into the ladle. Okay, Chafmla, Chafmla, he, 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 he uh, dug in, took out two handfuls, and also put him into the ladle. That's what the Mishnah said. What do you need this ladle for? He's supposed to take two handfuls, right? He takes two handfuls of the incense, go into the base of Migdash, into the Kosh Kashim with that. What's, what do you need the ladle for? Kafim Lomli. Melo Chafna Behavia Machabasik says he should put in two handful, two full handfuls, and bring him in. Um that's what Hashem told us, Mishim Bulafsha, because it's impossible to do otherwise. What he's got to do, he's got to take the hand the two handfuls, and he's got to take the coal pan inside, do it all himself. And only one entrance. Mishim Bulafsha, it's impossible to do. What should he do? Should he first go in, let's say, take the two handfuls in? Or take the the pan full, take the hot coals in first, put them in the Kardash Karashim. Right on the kaporos, on top of the, uh, in front of the kaporos, in front of the uh, the aron, he's going to put him there, Nile, and then go back in, then go back out, bring the handfuls of incense in. See, only got, the guy's only got two hands. Right? What's he going to do? How is he going to take the coal, the coal pan, and take two handfuls at the same time? Should he make two trips? Once he goes in, not twice. He can't go in stam. Should he take the Torah in his two hands? Either have another coin help him put the hot coal pan on top of his hands holding the incense or on top of the incense. Going to get burned possibly, right? But let's, let's leave the burning aside. Let's say he puts it directly on the incense so he doesn't touch his fingers, right? And either have another coin do it or do it with his teeth and go in that way. So so let's say he was able to maneuver it and walk into the Kodesh Kodeshim with two handfuls of incense in his hands, handfuls, and the pan is sitting on top of the incense. Now how is he supposed to remove the pan? With his teeth? How is he going to have Kimatam What is he going to do? He's going to take it with his teeth and lower the, and put the uh, coal pan down that way on the ground with his teeth. You wouldn't do such a Improper procedure in front of a, uh, a human king. You're not going to do it that way. That's not a way to do things. Uh, just a second. Let me take this off with my teeth. Uh, it's just, it doesn't. It doesn't look nice. Therefore, there's no. There's no other possibility other than 
to take the cold pan in one hand, the hot coals, and in the other hand, he'll have the two handfuls. It's two handfuls, but how can he take two handfuls if he can't put it, he can't take them in his hands, as we just said, so he puts them in a ladle, which is basically a large spoon, a large spoon or a little shovel, but in the Kivin Lo since it's impossible to do any other way, Avdina and Kadash Musim, so we do it like we found in the scene, which we read last week, Kafachas Mleakatoras, we kept reading that all the Nusim, right? Kafachas Mleakatoras, Parachad Benbakar, right? Everybody had a ladle full of 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 kafachas mekas full of incense. That's how the nasim did at the Chanukah sabayas. So that's how he does it. So now he's walking in with the hot coal pan in his right hand and the ketores in his left hand. Now you might say the ketores is really what you're offering as a carbon, so to speak, right? It's a, offering that to God. That lechor should be in his right hand, which is the more chashiv hand. So not less a mach to be a min That's how the Mishnah ended off. The, the famous lashon that like the the um, the native should be down on the ground, lowly on the ground, and the ger, the convert, the stranger should be up in the heavens. In other words, the other way around, you would think the Torah should be in the right hand and the uh, coals in the left hand. The answer is zumaruba v'zumuetas. The answer is there's more coals than there are than there are incense. Why? Because the coals we said is three kav. That's quite a bit. That's quite a bit. So he, his right hand is stronger, we're assuming, and we want it to make easier for on the coin guttel. So that since that has, since the coals are a larger amount and the ktoris is less, so we put the, again, it's, it's heavier. If there's more of it, there's more coals, that's heavier. So we put that in the right hand to make it easier uh, for, for the coin. And even if you say that they might find a particular coin guttel who's got big hands and he could even have three kav or more of ktoras. So then then you should put the ktoras in the right hand because that would be heavier than the coals, right? You have three kav of coals and three kav of ktoras, even though we're talking volume measure and we're really talking about weight measure in terms of that, but we're not looking at We're saying, look, he has three kav of coals. That's pro- probably more than the amount of incense that he has. But even if you have a coin has got big hands and he can carry more incense in there, he's much a shame shoving. Just like the story with we're going to talk about in a minute, famous coin god, Yishma ben Kimchus, who had very large hands. Still, Rashi takes out the next word. So one answer, the Gemara's way we had it is, well, the, the right hand, the coals, is hotter, and the other one's colder, so it's easier, so it's harder to carry the hot one. He's got to maneuver it, make sure he doesn't get burned. So he put that in the right hand. Rashi takes that out, and Rashi see, it just seems to say, well, even, though, even though sometimes you might have a Kohen Gadol who has large hands, so his, uh, his incense is going to be larger than uh, or a larger amount than the amount of coals, and therefore that should go in the right hand, but we don't low plug. We just, since most Kohanim don't have such big hands, and the coals will be more in volume and in weight than the incense, we always leave the coals in the right hand. Once we mention Shmuel and Kimkus, who apparently he had a very large amount of incense, he had big hands, so his, he could carry a large amount, and, his, and therefore his incense the volume and the weight of his incense was maybe larger than that of the coals, we don't make a difference. Who is this Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yossi? He was able to take four kav, a very large amount, in his hands, and as the coals was three kav, and the amount of incense he can carry in his two hands was four kav. That was a large amount. He was a very big vaomer. And he used to say, Kol nashim zardu zardu. All the women are, val- are, are you know, or have, have valor, they're valiant. The Zerid Imal al Gag, but my mother, his mother, his, the valor of his mother, 
was on top of everybody. She beat everybody, like went up to the roof. She was better than everybody. How does he mean that? Economy, some say she was very, um, she was very uh, medically advanced and uh, she wanted to have uh, strong children. So we'll see she had seven sons who were all Kohanim Gedolim. Some say, some say that she ate this special dough. dough uh, arson is a kind of dough that's uh, it's a kind of made, made of wheat that's uh, split up in five, uh, it gets split up into five. It's a, kind, it's a special species of wheat. And she ate that in order to strengthen her, her, um, the, the children that she was pregnant with. So she would eat that, and therefore he grew to be strong and big and tall and big, big hands. If you feed, that's very good for people who are health, who are not well, people who are sick, and a woman who's in, who's um, who's pregnant, excuse me, is in the same category. So she ate that, so she, she should be healthy, and the kids should be healthy. Some say that what he meant was that she was valuable, that she was able to choose the right kind of sperm. In other words, she somehow physically she was able to absorb the strongest of the sperm. To in order to have healthy and large children. Ravu, the Ravu, Ramik said he asked the following question. It says, Davramel said, Batazreni Chayal Milchama, you sifted me with strength for, for the war, for, for fighting. Vixivhama Azreni, you you strengthened me, you girded me, Chayal, you girded me with strength for war. Which one is it? Is it sifted like you took the best part out? Or is it strengthening? Both are true. Every son of you first sifted me. In other words, you you created me in the right way. You you, you like you picked out the right uh, you know the right. I was created from the best sperm. The Zarsani and you strengthened me. I'm love Rabbi Shmuel ben Kimchas. Rabbi Shmuel ben Kimchas, this large coin gadol who is probably very tall and in large hands. Pamachas Sipur Dvarim One time he was speaking with a an Arab in the marketplace. Pretty strange how this worked out on Yom Kippur. What was he doing in the marketplace on Yom Kippur? He was supposed to be set aside for seven days before, and uh, you know, <laughs> presumably he didn't go out for a break on Yom Kippur for a smoke. You know what I mean? He went out to the marketplace on Yom Kippur. And a guy, this Arab, some spit from his mouth ran on and on, on the Kohen Gadol's clothes, and therefore he couldn't serve anymore that day. And Yeshev of his brother went and served in his place on Yom Kippur. So both brothers served as Kohen Gadol that day. And their mother, this lady Kimchis, that was her name, she saw two of her sons serving as Kohen Gadol on one day. Very nice thing. Both of her sons were Kohen Gadol the very same day. A little bit hard to understand what he was doing outside. He went outside you know, he, he was in the base of English. He went outside and started speaking to an Arab. Uh, 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 the Mepharshim asked even better kashas. So what if the little spit went on? Number one, Tomahutra Betzibur we just mentioned, right? Tomahutra Betzibur. This is certainly Karbetzibur. Uh, okay, maybe his aisle, the aisle that the, car, that the coin brings from behalf of him and his brothers is not considered Tzibur. Give all kinds of answers. Also, a, a guy is not Metame Minatora, right? We've learned that before. Only Jews... Only Jews can be mitami mina Torah, right? Both if they accepting tuma and and uh, and uh, tuma that emanated from them, like nida or zav or whatever, or mitzar tuma that came out of them. So, w- what does that mean? That the coin got uh, got tuma from a goy? It's only drabbanan. Okay, so let's say drabbanan. You're machmer, and you're machmer. Even then, you need hair of shemesh. But still, what about uh, the fact that uh, he wasn't really tummy and went on his clothes? So he could be a very even far from saying bedochet. That you're right, he, that he really wasn't Tomei, 
but his clothes were tummy, and maybe he didn't have a change of clothes, and the t- clothes were tummy, so his brother went in in his place. But it's hard to understand exactly what the circumstances were. Many cautious about this. Uh, and some say that even though we say Tumor Rebbe but in Kippur, we don't want to rely on that. Okay, Veshuv another story. Another story about the same Rebbe Shmuel Mkiris. Pamachas Yotzev, a Sipur Madanach, he was once talking about he was once talking with some, you know, goy, some master in the, in the street, Bishuk. The same thing, some spit from the goy went on his clothes. And his brother Yosef went in and served in his place. Now, um, Rashi over here says uh, that, um, uh, Rashi says, Rashi says, Yom Kippur so on the first, uh, the first story was certainly on Yom Kippur. It says Pamachas. Now the, the second, the, not the Rashi is not a separate Rashi, but but <clears throat> we don't see maybe the maybe Rashi is only going on the first Pamachas, not on the second one. Not really clear uh, if he's going on both of them. If both of them were in Yom Kippur. So why didn't Yeshiva go in? Maybe Yeshiva was no longer alive, and that was a different brother that went in. The whole story is not clear. We don't understand all the details. But in any case. It shows that so now his brother, a different brother Yosef, went in and served in place. And again, on one day, right? He doesn't say the that it was Yom Kippur, but Rashi said it was in Yom Kippur, at least in one of the cases. Right, that was the story. This lady, his mother, who was a very strong woman, obviously, and she knew how to raise children. She, she raised seven sons. They all served in Kunigola. Amula Chachamim. Maybe she concocted the whole story with the guy made him spit on there. Maybe she forced the situation. She wanted all her kids to get in there, you know, like bring him in for the day, you know. We're talking about bringing Pujols back, you know, to the Cardinals for one, you know, cameo appearance at the end of his career. All right, whatever. Anyway, maybe maybe she concocted the whole story. There's too many details here that we're missing. But the story's a story, right? So she had seven sons. They all served in the Kuna. What did you do that you were Zochet to have seven sons, all Kohanim Gedolim, right? How did that happen? Even the walls of my house never saw the braids of my hair. In other words, she was so modest that even that she was even even in the pri- in the privacy of her own room in her own house, uh, she was very tsanua and uh, didn't expose herself. Amrullah, they said to her, <laughs> Many people are that tsanua, but they weren't zocha to this. He must have some other schus that she did. All right, back to our issue. Now we've been talking about the malachav of Yom Kippur. However. Uh, uh, the the uh, not only do we find the incense is is handfuls, but the classic handful is the comets that we talk about the carbon mincha. What is a carbon mincha? It's a flour offering, mostly from wheat. There are a few cases where it's uh, where it's barley, but it's mostly wheat. And part of the procedure is is the equivalent of shechita of, of an animal. The equivalent is taking the handful that we've talked about. The handfuls like this. You remember the handful? You take the handful like this. Of um, of flour and that's put in a kli shares which sanctifies it. Then that's taken halachi, take the mizbech, burn it on the mizbech, you smoke it on the mizbech, and then the rest is eaten by a, by the kohanim because it's kachei kachim. Unless it's the mincha of a coin, in which case it's totally burned. Okay, so you have the mincha, the, the mincha, the 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 um, the comets, uh, comets which is burnt on the mizbech, and the rest of the shirayim is eaten by the kohanim. Now we're going to go back to that issue, and we're going to relate. We're going to see that is the fistful of by the comets. Is how does that similar to the to the handfuls 
of the Ktoris on Yom Kippur of the Kohen Gadol. Tanoban, Bekumtza, says Paskis Behavior, Mimenu Bekumtza, in his handful, he picks it up. Sholiyasa, Mino Lakomets, no, it's got to be in the handful. You can't say, listen, a coin might say, listen, okay, this is how much I normally get up. What do I got to go bother with that? I'll make a measuring cup. Whatever this is, this is whatever, uh, 12 ounces or, you know, 12, uh, 15 cc, I'll make a measuring cup. No, you can't do a measuring cup. Because Bekumtza, it's got to be in his fist. That's what it says by chvina. What about chvina, which is taking the two handfuls on Yom Kippur? The handfuls, not the fist, not one fistful, but two handfuls. There it says, in his fistful, when it comes to a mincha. It doesn't say b'chofnov. What does it say? That's what it says on Yom Kippur. Two full handfuls. It doesn't say in his fist or in his hands, it says, the amount that he could fill up his hands with, of this good, sweet-smelling incense, very fine, sweet-smelling interest, that, uh, incense. That's what the Pesach says. So, how do you, so what do you do? By the fistful of mincha, it's got to be in his fist. He can't have a measuring cup. But can you have a measuring cup for Because that, you can make a measuring cup. Again, each Kohen Gadol would measure how much his hand was, make a measuring cup that way. Oh, so, uh, maybe you don't say it's like it's got to be in his fist and you could make a measuring cup even though the Pasuk doesn't say Malo but there's another Pasuk it says back in Kumso. there it says his full fistful and here it says his two full handfuls so therefore if you darshan the gzei roshava malo malo you will say just like by the fistful you can't put can't make a measuring cup it's got to be in his hand it's got to be in his hand same thing by anyam kippur the coin girl cannot make a measuring cup that's the question so tashma let's let's try to bring a proof from our mishnah mishnah says the kachoysimidasa that was its measure my love doesn't mean that it was its measure, whatever the coin goal, but and that's the measure. Maybe you can make a measuring cup if you want. My love shimrotza lasus mida. Oh, so he can make it that way. He says no, doesn't mean necessarily mean that. We don't know what the words in the mission. When the mission says vakachaisamidas, it's not clear. It could mean that. It could mean maybe you can make a measuring cup, or it could mean hachikamer vakachayachosevachofna lifnim, and then inside he also lifts it up that way. In other words, what happened? He originally took two fistfuls, like we saw in the Mishnah, when they brought the Ketores in a pan from the base of Tinus. He took the two fistfuls together, put it in the, in the uh, kaf, in the ladle, and he walked in inside. Once he's inside, how does he do that? You know, okay, we said he's got to take the coals in one hand and the, and the, uh, uh, the shovel in the other hand, the, the, the uh, ladle of uh, Ketores in the other hand. And as we'll see, when he gets into the base inside the Hechel, Kodesh Kodeshim, he puts the coals down, and then he takes the, the uh, ladle, and he puts that into his hands, into his hands, in, 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 back and takes a handful. Later on, we're going to see, in a couple of days, we're going to see on Sunday, Hashem, the Gemara is going to ask about that. Does he do... He took, he took the two fistfuls originally outside, and then inside the Heichal again, does he put his hands in, or does he put the, does he like sort of reverses the, uh, the ladle into his hands? So that's the question. He says, Maybe when the Mishnah says, means, oh, and then again, he takes the handfuls again inside the Kodesh Kodeshim. Lifnim. So if that's the case, that that's how you do it. That you first, you take, originally he did it outside when he took, when they came out of Beis Aftinas, and then he does it again. 
right? Says, no, no. No, we don't know what the words mean. When it says, maybe it means no, you can actually make a measure. That's the Mido. In other words, you shouldn't have any more. You should have exactly two handfuls, no less, no more. We're not sure what that means. Rashi, Rashi says, He pours it back into his hands, and then he puts it in, onto the coals that are in the pan. That's what it means. But can that prove that chofen that you can actually dig in, you dig in originally once and you dig in again? No, maybe you do it like we described, reversing the ladle onto his hand, onto his handfuls. We'll talk about that on, on Sunday, Mitzvah. Tanar Baram. so back to the mincha, back to a mincha. Let's, we're going to leave. So we're trying to say, can you see, can you learn out from the whole, obviously this is brought down because can you learn out, why are we talking about mincha? Because we don't know if you can learn out Yom Kippur uh, from mincha. So we said, not necessarily. It depends if you learned the Gzei Rishav and Malo Malo. Yes, if not, not. What about, but let's go back to Mincha. Talk about Malo Kumso, a full fistful. Yochel Mavuretz. I might think even if the, when you take the fistful of the carbon Mincha, the flour, does that mean also, what happens if it's coming out, sticking out of your fist on top or sticking out of the bottom under your pinky or above your thumb? But Yochel Mavuretz, I might think, Tamalom Rekumso. It's got to be in his hand, right? He says, Ve'erim Mimenu Bekumso. And it also says, V'kamatz Misham Malo Kumso. So it's got to be in his hand. It can't be sticking it out. It can't be sticking out of his fist. say in his hand. I may think, wait a it's only got to be in his hand. So maybe just take, uh, take your fingertips in there. Just put a little bit. A little bit. The less better. Just whatever. You, just don't take a full fistful of flour. Just take a little bit. Just you know, reach in with your, finger, with your fingertips a little bit. That's all you need. Right? That's all you need. A little bit. The, and less is better. Right? Tamalomer says no malokum. So the other says no. It's got to be a full fistful. Kedemakamsiinshi, like people do. What do what do people do? Kedemakamsiinshi. This is uh, illustration number ninety four on page forty six. The people who kedemakamsiinshi, like people do. What do people do? They stick their hand in there. Look at number ninety four. You stick your hand in like this with the side of your palm reaching down. And she hakaitzet chofa shlosh bosav. You bend your three fingers, your three middle fingers between your thumb and your pinky. Al pisos yado on onto his palm. The comets, and then you lift it up. In other words, you put your hand in this. If you're looking at me, you put your hand in this way, and this way down into the into the pan of flour, and you you fold your three middle fingers onto your palm. So you got a full fistful. And your thumb and your pinky are not included. They're sticking out. Right? That's how you do that. The comets and you pick up the fistful. If it's not loose flour, like, like a, a fine flour uh, mincha, but sometimes you have minchas that are first baked or, um, or boiled. Uh, machvad is you, it's done on a griddle. It's like, it's baked first, it's like a little pizza bread. Uvmarcheshes also, it's like a stewing pot pan, but it's, it's like a solid mincha now. You first, you first made it into a solid, then broke it up. And then when you take the fistful, you got pieces sticking out. It's not loose flour. Mochek ktana. You gotta, you gotta remove the, with your thumb at the top. Now you've got like bread sticking out of the top, sticking out of the bottom, pizza bread. You've gotta, you gotta remove it with your thumb and your pinky. You gotta remove the excess because it shouldn't be sticking out of your hand because it says bikumso and not outside of kumso. Yes, a full fistful, but nothing sticking out. So that's how you have to do it. Now that's not so simple. If it's loose flour, it very easy. It just falls away. Just the loose flour falls away like table salt. It just falls away. But if it's pieces, it's pretty hard to knock that off. 
So the Gemara says, Vizui Avoda Kashi Migdash is the hardest thing to do in the base of Migdash, is that Avoda. So the Gemara, Zui Vizulo, only this is the hardest thing, nothing else. We find elsewhere the same Lashon of a, a difficult job, Vaika Malika, right? For a coin, a coin, any coin, to do Malika with his right thumbnail on the bird, holding the bird in the hand, different ways to, how do you do that? But you have to hold the bird in your hand. The bird's live. It's probably shaking. It knows what's coming, right? And it's shaking around and you're trying to control it and you have to do the malik exactly. That's difficult. Malika the fistful is also difficult. What do you mean the fistful is difficult? Not the part when you took it originally from the base of Thinus, but when you get inside the Kodesh Karashim. He's got to now t- take the, that ladle full and reverse it and get it onto his hand, to his two hands without spilling any, without losing any. So there's also, those are two difficult, very difficult operations. Elizuhi me'avodakashim. These are among the hardest things in the base of Mikdash. That's what, uh, that's what, uh, uh, again, the Chafina and the Malika, uh, and the uh, Malika and uh, and getting an exact handful of mincha, those are all hard things to do in the base of Mikdash. I'm Rabbi Yochran. Rabbi Yochran said the following, Boy, Rabbi Yeshua ben Azar, uh, ben Azar had the following question. We already explained that if, if, uh, if any of the flour, uh, and when you do the mincha, sticking out of the top or the bottom, that should be excluded. What about between his fingers? What about if a coin's got stuff between his fingers? What do you say there? So again, we're talking about the mincha, we're not talking about the Yom Kippur. All right, so mao. What about there? Amar Papa, the Anything inside, in other words, towards the inside, towards the palm of his hand that you don't see from the outside, that certainly is part of the comments. The broy, what's sticking outside, you could see it outside sticking out of his fingers. That's certainly Shirayamu. That's not part of the comments, and that's Shirayim. Shirayim is eaten by the coin. It's not brought in the base of Mikdash, as we'll see, and, and that, that certainly should be pushed aside, anything sticking out there, that's Shirayim, and you shouldn't burn that on the, on the uh, Mizbeach. Kitibolach ben is stuff that's really inside his fingers. You don't see it on the inside, you don't see it on the outside, my. So what do you do? Am Rabbi Yochanan, so Rabbi Yochanan said, Harap Pashta Rabbi Shua ben Azar, after he asked the Kasha, he decided the question as follows. That's a good one. He decided it, he said, it's a Suffolk, we don't know, and we don't know what to do. You don't know if it's part of the coma, it's a part of the shrine. Big nafkimina. Say, what are you going to do? How are you going to, what are you going to do now? Omer of Yechanina, makter komets achudai. So you first, you first uh, burn the komets that's in, that's definitely inside his fist by itself, tchila. And then whatever was between his fingers, that you burn afterwards. Because if you burn that stuff first, <clears throat> or simultaneous, because you don't know which one's first, that's even a bigger problem. If you see that's first, maybe it's Shirayim, and then then it comes out that some of the Shirayim is missing between the time that you did the Kemitz and the time that you burned it. We learned Let's say some of the Shirayim is missing, got, got lost between the time you did the Kemitz, you took the fistful and the time you burned the fistful, you can't, the, the thing is ruined. You can't do emaktir the tanya. Mina mincha, prat the shechasra, he, o shechasra kumsarash, she says, right? It says from the mincha, but if it's not all there, if it's not, if some of the mincha is missing, or some of the comets is missing, it's no good. So over here, if you take the stuff that's between his fingers, we're not sure if that's shirayim or if that's comets. If you burn it first, then it turns out by the time he burns the comets, some of the shrine was missing. That's no good. That's no good. That ruins the whole thing. So, so therefore, you should burn the comets first, and then the, the outside after. Wait a minute. 
What are you going to do first? So what are you going to You're going to do the comets, the part that's inside his fist first, and then do the part that's between his fingers. But then <laughs> if on, on, the, on the idea that it's a suffolk and maybe but the part that's in his fingers is shirayim, once that you've burned the part that's supposed to be burned, whatever carbon that is, whether it's an animal, whether it's a mincha, you're not supposed to burn anymore. You know, for example, a chatos, you're not allowed to, uh, you, you, what do you burn by a chatos? You have to do shchit kabbalah or chazrika sadam. What do you do? You burn the emurim. The fatty parts are burnt on the spech. The rest is eaten. You can't burn, you're not allowed to burn the part that's supposed to be eaten, the meat, they farm the limbs, you're not to burn that. Koshmir Shimare Baltic, you're not allowed to burn it. So how do you burn it? Manavshach. If it's a suffix, you can't burn the part that's between his fingers first, because maybe it's Shrim, and then you have Shrim that is chaser between the time you did the comets and the time that you did the Haktara, the burning of the comets. And if you do it afterwards, it's also a problem because you can't burn anything. You can't burn afterwards. Hashem, once you burn what you're supposed to burn, you're not allowed to burn anymore. What you do is you, see, you first burn them inside the, the fistful, like you're supposed to do. Then the part that's between the fingers, if it's part of the fistful, so fine, that would be okay. You're just continuing with it. But if it's not part of the fistful on the, on the, on the side that it's Shirayim, you know, to burn it, you say, you know what? I'm not burning it as Shirayim. I'm burning it as Eitzim. It's like I'm putting wood on the Mizbeach. Kerebelezer. Rebelezer, as a famous Cholk, let's say you have limbs of a carbon ola, which are supposed to be totally burnt, and limbs of a chatos, which are not allowed to be burnt. They got mixed up. They're all the limbs all look alike. They're all meat, right? They're all meat of animals. Same animal, right? They're male animals, whatever. And you can't tell which one's which. So what do you do? The Chum say you got to throw it all out. You can't put it on his back because you're not allowed to burn. Kol Shemen Once you burn what you're supposed to burn, you're not allowed to burn anymore. And Rabbi Lezer says, no, I have an Eitzah. You say like this, if it's an Ola, if the part that's old, that's supposed to be burned fine. The part that's a Chatas, I'm using it as firewood. I'm putting wood on the Mizbech. Consider, consider it like wood. Rabbi Lezer says you can do that. The Pasuk says, Put it up there for Reich Nichoch as, as part of burning of the sacrifice, which is the proper thing to do in the case of an Ola. You can put it up for wood. Consider it as wood. I'm just burning it as wood. I'm not burning it as a carbon. I'm burning it just because I'm supposed to have wood up there. Rebbe says you could do that. So the same thing over here. You first burn the fistful that's definitely fistful inside. Then the part that's between the fingers, if it's part of the fist, fine. But if and that's on the on the uh, idea on the side that we're saying on the side that it's not a part of the fistful, but it's rather shirayim, then you burn it as eitzim according to blazer. So I think more sanichol or blazer is fine according to blazer. Or a bun or a bun. Don't say you have an option. Meat stuff that's not supposed to be burned cannot be burned. You can't say I'm considering it firewood. Or a bun of Michael Amemra. Or a Mari. You're right. The kamsi shmeni. What you do is you make sure that only fat kohanim do the kmitza. Fat nose, they got big, thick fingers so that nothing can get inside. You're right, that's a problem. You can't have anything inside. If they can't do it, they can't do it. You own things. So, when Hashdas Lahachi, once you have this Svara, use only fat Kohanim, Rabblazer Nami, Lechatchila, the Kamsi Shmene, even Kontra Blazer says, Bidiavad. You could also, uh, if, if it did happen, you can consider it like firewood, but Lechatchila, you should use fat Kohanim. At least Kohanim have very thick, fat fingers so that nothing can get inside. 
Okay, now we get back to Yom Kippur. You were talking now about a fistful of mincha. What about between the fingers of the of the handfuls of Yom Kippur of the of the uh, of the Torahs? What about there? So the Gemara says, what's this question? Mike and boil If you learn Malo Malo, he said, I'm an off, you hold the Xavier Shava. So the Xavier Shava taught you both things. Just like by the by the Mincha, you can't use a measuring cup. And you said the same thing by uh, on Yom Kippur, you wouldn't be allowed to use a measuring cup if you learned the Xavier Shava or not. We weren't sure about that. We asked on Yom Kippur, can you use a measuring cup or not? Right? Olo, we weren't sure. From the word kachaisamidosa, we couldn't tell. Maybe that means that you could use a measuring cup. Maybe it just means that uh, you got to do the same thing in the base of me. You shouldn't lose. You shouldn't have any more. You shouldn't have any less. We don't know. We don't know how to learn. So, however you learn there, and also, uh, what about if stuff sticks out of your hand, right? Melo kumso yachomavoritz. What about if it's sticking out? If it's sticking out from my hand, so okay. Only what's in the hand. So, if you learn zereshava, everything that says by mincha, the same thing would apply to melo chafna, both in terms of sticking out and both in terms of using a measuring cup. So, what's this question? So, so you're worried about you know between the fingers there. If you're learning Zereshava, it's the same question. Now, this is what Papa's question was. Even if you don't learn the Zereshava, the Pesach says, Does it, does it, does it, you bring it inside, and that you have accomplished. You did bring it in. You brought it in your corpus, and, and what was ever between your fingers also was brought in. Odilma velokach behavi bina and valeka. You got to take it in your in, in your hands, and if it's between your fingers, you didn't really take it in your hands. It sort of just got stuck in by itself. That's his question. Even without the Xavier Shava, you're right. The Xavier Shava depends if you learn Xavier Shava or not. But even without the Xavier Shava, his question was: without learning it from uh, from Mincha, without the Xavier Shava, does do you, do you emphasize melochofna behavi? He did bring it in, whatever was in his hands, or do you say no? Velakach, he has to take it in his hands, and here he didn't take it in his hands. That's the question that stands there. Uh, and, and it still would depend on Malo Malo. So we're not sure about the part that's between his fingers and the Malo Chafna. Amra Papa, Like we said before, when it comes to the back to the Mincha now, when you take the fistful, it's like people put their hand in on the side. And here we're looking again at number 94. Number 94 on page 46. That's the way you normally do it. By Rapapa, Kamatz Barashi, it's Bosef Mao. What happens though if you did it in, as in 95? You didn't do it putting your hand in sideways with the side of your hand, side of your palm at the bottom, but you put it in with the, with the palm of your hand facing down. In other words, you did the same three fingers, but you didn't do it like this. You did it with the palm facing down as in 96. As in 95, rather, in 95. And Rashi says, Pasiyoto Lamata, and then you, you, you folded your fingers in into the flower, and you did the full comets, right, until your whole, fi- until whole, your whole palm was full, but you didn't do it this way. You didn't do it with, go, with the side of your hand, the side of your palm, of your wrist going down, but rather you did it face down, with the palm of your hand facing down. That's his question, is that okay? Bar Papa, comets, brush, it's supposed to mal. Or Melamata Lamala Mao, here we're in 96. You stuck your hand in from the bottom with the back of your hand, right? With the with the back of your hand into the flower going in first. The back of your hand is now facing the bottom, not the side and not the palm, but rather the back of your wrist went down in there as in 96 now, or in 97, where you didn't fold your fingers at all. You didn't fold. In the other ones, you folded your fingers in. Here, you just stuck your hand in, hand, uh, back of your hand down into the pot, 
into the pot of the flower, uh, of the flower, and then through the force of your hand, the flower came into the, your into the palm. All those are questions that uh, Rapapa that Rapapa raises, and they end in a teku. Um, Rapapa Pshitali, Now the same issues that we just brought up by the by ninety four through ninety seven in terms of the comets for Amincha, The same thing with Melo Chafnav with the fistfuls on Yom Kippur, the fistfuls of Ketoros. Again, by the Minch, we're talking about flour. Here we're talking about incense. Pshitil milachafna of Kerachafni Inshi. Kerachafni Inshi, as we're looking at it, 98. 98, where you took your two hands, side of your hand down, and you put you, you take, a, take two fistfuls, so you put your hands in together and you bring in the fistful. That's 98. That's, that's, the, that's the normal way to do it, like people would normally do it. But boy, Rapapa, but the same questions that we raised by Mincha, now we're raising by Melochafen. By Rapapa, Chafen Barash, it's Let's say you did it with the tips of your fingers. Again, you folded your hands and eventually you wound up with the two fistfuls, but you did it as in number 99, with the tips of your fingers, meaning palm down. Not the, not the side of your, of your wrist, the side of your palms facing down, but whether with palm down in, into, the, uh, into the, uh, the pan of the machta of the incense, See, the incense here are brown, whereas the, uh, the flower is yellowish, right? Uh, what about, same, same, the same questions. Where Papa, Hoffenbrush, but also your palm down, Mao, Milamato, Mao, Mao, or your, your back of your hand was down. This is number 100 on page 48, with your back of your hand down into the, into the uh, pot of uh, incense. Minatsad, Mao, this is number 101. Again, where you don't you don't even fold your fingers over, you just force it in through the force. You force it uh, with your back of your hand down and your palm up. You're forcing the ktoris into your hand there. Mao menatzad mao chafen bazu bazu. Number one hundred two, the last illustration of the day. What happens if you did them each hand separately? You did the the chafina, pr- presumably. He's not showing the whole thing there. If you, it's, not a, it's not a moving picture. But he did the proper chafina properly, let's say, right, with his hand. But then he, he folded over his hand and he did each hand separately. Chafan bazu bazu, v'kar bazu And then he brought the two hands together. Mao, teku, all these questions stand. So, but we've seen a, a lot of similarities, you know, trying to compare mincha to meloch, to the, uh, to the handfuls of, um, of uh, on Yom Kippur, the handfuls of incense, but we've seen it depends. It's not necessarily the same. By the by, the fistful clearly you can't use a measuring cup. By the melochavtav, it's not clear what you could. If you could use a measuring cup, it would simplify the whole thing. We'll talk more about this in Mir Hashem in the next couple of days. Tomorrow's daf is memches on the podcast. On Sunday, Mir Hashem will do daf memtes. The podcast will take you to the twelfth line on memtes. But I think we'll try to start again from the top of the page on memtes on Sunday. Have a good Shabbos, everybody. Surot tovot.